It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Faster my crazy day, my pack commute, all those unread emails in my inbox. But I'm getting stronger, faster, and pushing myself further every day. I don't care if I'm not like everyone else. This punching bag is the best way to end my day. Fearless is knowing yoga isn't your style. That's the power of the Blue Cross and Blue Shield Federal Employee Program. Learn more about our healthy benefits at fepblue.org slash get more. You are Locked On Titans, your daily podcast on the Tennessee Titans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome to Locked On Titans, your daily source for all Titans news and information. With your host, Terry McCormick of TitanInsider.com, Greg Arias, and former Tennessee Titans Pro Bowl left tackle, Brad Hopkins. It's Tuesday, Terry McCormick, and we've got a lot of things to cover today. The big news in current news, uh, and there's a lot of that we'll get to in just a moment. Of course, as always on Tuesday, we go four downs where we take four subjects related to the Titans and go through those. And let's jump right into that current news. And the big news, Terry, is obviously the fact that there's probably something perhaps more serious than uh, maybe first thought with Derrick Henry and his calf muscle as the Titans made a couple of roster moves yesterday uh, that uh, directly impact or concern the injury to Derrick Henry. Yeah, uh, when they made the move late yesterday to uh, bring up David Ellen from the practice squad, that kind of signaled that Derrick Henry is uh, probably not going to play at least for this week, and Mike Malarkey is saying he might be out a couple of weeks. That sounds pretty accurate regarding the calf injury. You mentioned Ellen coming up. He is a guy that, uh, Terry, you and I both and, and some other people in the media that watch this team throughout training camp have been impressed with the way this young man runs. He runs hard. Most fans, if you haven't been to practice or didn't pay attention into uh, the preseason games, and obviously a lot of people don't to preseason games, you might have missed him, but uh, he is not uh, necessarily uh, – Chopped liver, I guess, if you if you want to use that term uh, to describe this guy. Yeah, I mean he has uh, you know shown some burst uh, in practice and in preseason. He's uh, a guy that uh, has shown that he can gain some yards, and uh, now he may get a chance to do just that in a regular game. Uh, he's obviously third in line, so part of the uh, reason he was brought up may be to help on special teams, but. Uh, I would think that uh, Antonio Andrews probably is number two behind Murray, but uh, Ellen, you know, is a guy that might, uh, you know, sneak in and get a carrier and see what he's got. I find it interesting that uh, the Derrick Henry injury got uh, very little coverage early on. In fact, I don't think anyone knew it. Certainly, the Titans didn't release it to the media uh, prior to the game on Sunday that he had been dealing with the injury that he apparently suffered in warmups, and so. The first real thought that anybody had was when you saw Antonio Andrews in Andrews, excuse me, in there getting carries early in the ball game, rather than Derrick Henry in a spot where Henry would normally have been the guy. Right, and I think uh, you know that was kind of a, a question that a lot of people had. You know, was why is Andrews uh, being the guy that's getting that carry rather than Derrick Henry? Demarc Murray's not carrying football, and uh, I guess those questions were obviously answered. Uh, with the revelation that Henry had been injured during the uh, pregame warm-ups. Obviously, after the uh, 
enacted were released, or otherwise they would have made a, they would have scratched him and kept somebody else up to help out. The corresponding move for David Flewellen coming up to the 53-man roster was the release of Cody Riggs, and that's a little bit of a surprise, Terry, because he had been a guy that had been a core special teams player, been very good in that. Now, he's been dealing with a hamstring injury, was out a few weeks, and has been inactive, but still a little bit of a surprise when I saw his name at the bottom of the transaction list. Yeah, I was a little surprised by that, but... Uh... For whatever reason, you know, Cody Riggs is a guy that's kind of fallen to the bottom of the roster. I would expect that he'll be re-signed to the practice squad and then maybe even elevated back to the regular roster once Derrick Henry's healthy. But uh, for now, he's out there on waivers, and anything that uh, wishes to put in a claim could uh, do so and bring him in. And certainly the buzz on social media immediately after putting that to out yesterday on Twitter, Terry, was people saying, why didn't they release McCain or, or Blake, two guys that have struggled <laughs> at times, and uh, fans wanting to see uh, Cody Riggs get a shot to play more. And obviously that's the kind of the mentality of fans, though, Terry, is uh, when somebody's struggling, they want to see the next guy up. Yeah, that's absolutely correct. And, uh, you know, I was talking to uh, – another media member yesterday, and he was telling me that he, he thought that, uh, you know, Cody Riggs, he'd like to see him get a shot to play some in the nickel and uh, get get uh, some snaps in the defense just to see what he could do because he likes the, his approach to the game and his mentality. But uh, now that's obviously not going to happen at, at least for a while since he was let go yesterday. And uh, like I said, it, he's probably going to be added back to the practice squad but uh, obviously not able to uh, be up on game day when you're not a member of the 53-man roster. There is some good news in our current news segment today, and that is the health of Quentin Spain and Rashad Johnson, two guys, Terry, that have been out a couple of weeks uh, with some injuries, one uh, with a, a leg injury, the other with a concussion, and it seems like both those guys are at least scheduled to get back on the practice field this week and see what they can do and perhaps, hopefully, uh, maybe be available for Green Bay on Sunday. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, both those guys, it looks like, are going to get uh, an opportunity uh, to get back on the practice field. Rashad Johnson sounds like he's going to be able to play this week and be able to uh, go ahead and, and be active and return back to, to the safety rotation. And Quentin Spain, it sounds like, at least has a shot to not only practice but perhaps regain that left guard position if he's healthy enough to go with that knee injury. And certainly those are two guys that can help because when you look at Sunday in San Diego, the offensive line, offense in general, struggled to run the football. They had a good game pass blocking, uh, protecting Marcus Mariota, but they struggled only 80 rush yards. And then conversely, on the defensive side of things, uh, not tackling very well in the secondary at times against the run in particular, had some coverage issues at times as well. So those two guys coming back could certainly help this team. Oh, there's no doubt about it. I think anytime you get guys who are starters back in your lineup, it should make you better. And obviously the Titans at this point in time can t help or can use all the help they can get uh, with Green Bay coming to town. And certainly we know what the Packers and Aaron Rodgers are capable of doing uh, as an offense to you. And I think Rashad Johnson could be, uh, at least if nothing else, for depth at that safety position, uh, certainly a big asset on Sunday. I'll just put out about it. You're listening to Locked On Titans on the Locked On Podcast Network. Okay, Kevin, for the grand prize of $1 million, what color is the White House? Um, I know this, I know this, I know this. 
Um, five seconds. Oh, switching to Geico could save you a bunch of money on car insurance. Okay, judges. That's true, Kevin. Bill Allowed. Congratulations. You're a winner. Woo. Geico, because saving 15% or more on car insurance is always a great answer. Good work. Football is back, and SeatGeek is the smartest, easiest way to find tickets for the games you want to see up close and in person this season. There's nothing like being in the stadium for the biggest plays of the year, and with SeatGeek, it's never been easier to get the seats you want for a great value. SeatGeek has the best deal on every ticket in the house, wherever you want to sit, whether it's the 50-yard line, the club seats, or even the upper level. I have the SeatGeek app on my phone. Yes, I do. Terry, do you have it on yours? I need to get it. And it's by far the easiest way I've found to shop for tickets. I can be anywhere, and with just a few taps, I can instantly find the seats for this weekend or any game this season. With SeatGeek, you always get the best deal on every ticket because SeatGeek price compares for you by searching multiple ticket sites. Prices can vary depending on where you shop, but SeatGeek will always find you the lowest available prices. And SeatGeek wants to help you get the most bang for your bucks. That's why every ticket on SeatGeek is given a grade based on value. You'll immediately see any underpriced seats and be able to find the best deals that fit your budget. Plus, every ticket you buy on SeatGeek is backed by their 100% guarantee. Best of all, our listeners get a $20 rebate off their first SeatGeek purchase. To get your $20 rebate on tickets... Download the SeatGeek app, go to the Settings tab, and click Add a Promo Code. Enter the promo code LOTITANS, and SeatGeek will send you $20 after you've made your first ticket purchase. Again, download the SeatGeek app, click on the Settings, add a promo code LOTITANS. Download the SeatGeek app and enter the promo code LOTITANS today. It's time to jump in. Today's show is sponsored by Talkspace, the online therapy company. For a fraction of the price of traditional therapy, you can pick an experienced, licensed therapist you relate to and feel comfortable with. Each and every therapist has at least a master's degree and has completed over 3,000 hours of supervised work. To match with your perfect therapist, go to Talkspace.com forward slash boom. And to show your support for this podcast, use code boom to get $30 off your first month. That's boom. Talkspace.com slash boom. B-O-O-M. To our four downs today, Terry, and on first down, we uh, want to talk about obviously the biggest thing coming out of Sunday's loss to the Chargers, Marcus Mariota, and the turnovers. Yeah, I think when you look at uh, the way that the game unfolded, Mariota played very well for the most part, but uh, you have those turnovers like he did, and it kind of undoes things, you know, had, and not only undid things in a bad way. But, uh, you know, with the two touchdowns, but it's just something that, you know, this, he's going to have to learn from and improve on, and uh, somehow or other, he's going to have to get past that. Now, you and I were talking before we uh, started the broadcast today, and Marcus's numbers through his first 21 games are better than Derek Carr of the Oakland Raiders, who's having a sensational season right now. The Raiders in first place in the AFC West. But it seems like Marcus, when he has a turnover or a bad play, it's magnified because these things are turning into touchdowns. Go back and look at Minnesota, the fumble return for a touchdown, the interception return for a touchdown. Same thing against San Diego. Now, he's had some others that haven't necessarily turned into immediate touchdowns, but it just seems like 
his turnovers are at the worst possible time in the worst possible situation that allows the other team to capitalize. It's not a turnover at the opponent's 10-yard line after a long drive and you don't complete a drive and you, then they have to go 90 yards. He's giving it to them in positions that they can turn it into instant points. Right, and they have done that five different times already uh, this season. When you look at the way that uh, you know it's unfolded, you know we've had we've seen you know interceptions and fumbles returned for touchdowns five times already, and then when you add in two other uh, special teams returns for touchdowns, that's seven returns for touchdowns already this season. Uh, that the Titans have given up, and that is certainly unacceptable. It's one of those things that keeps you from winning ball games. Yeah, there's there's no defense for that because your defensive players are standing on the sideline helpless. You've got to hope that somebody on the offense can make a tackle to stop it, and they've not been able to do that. But, Terry, conversely, at the same time, Marcus Mariota perhaps having a Pro Bowl season with his numbers he's putting up minus these turnovers because – Obviously, he threw for over 300 yards. He had the three touchdown passes. He looked really good and accurate throwing the football for the most part on Sunday and has over the last several weeks, and that is uh, proven by his numbers that he's putting up, especially, uh, Terry, numbers in the red zone where he is right there second only to Tom Brady in the NFL right now in what he's doing in the red zone when he gets the Titans' offense in scoring position. Oh, there's no doubt. I think, uh, you know, if you could just cut out the turnovers, he'd be in great position, you know. And, uh, you know, a story that I'm working on uh, in comparing, you know, his numbers through 21 career starts to that of Derek Carr through 21 career starts, Mariota's numbers are actually superior. And so when you look at that, you know, and you say maybe there are better things ahead for the Titans and for Marcus Mariota, but uh, certainly the growing pains are still there. One thing, Terry, perhaps that I'd like to see the Titans do more of is go up tempo. We saw that on Sunday against San Diego when they went to the hurry up and not necessarily hurry up in the fact that they were uh, running at breakneck pace like we see some college teams do, but they were coming to the line, standing there, getting the play called, forcing the defense to have to stand there, not to be able to make substitutions or adjustments, and go with a, with a little bit more of an urgency. They were very effective in moving the football. They were, and uh, you know they did it toward the end of the first half, scored a touchdown with no timeouts left in, in a minute and a half, and then uh, opened the second half, took the kickoff, Went back to the same thing, went right down the field, took the lead, and then for whatever reason they got away from it and didn't get back into it until they were uh, behind again and kind of desperate for points there uh, thanks to the turnover. So I think they do need to use that, you know, not only as a changeup, I think they need to use it at least about 40 to 50% of the time. I would certainly agree. I would think that's something that you would want to do at least once a quarter. Get into that, try to move that pace up. I know it doesn't necessarily wear down the defense the same as the smash-mouth running game with Murray and Henry when both are healthy and available, and you don't take time off the clock. But still, if you can score points doing that, does it really matter? You're getting points. Exactly. And, you know, that's the name of the game is scoring points and scoring more points than the other team. It doesn't matter if you do it grinding it out with a 12-play, 80-yard drive or if you do it in three plays and hit somebody with a 60-yard touchdown. It's all the same in the end. It's points. 
Let's move along to second down where we want to talk about the running game, Terry. And obviously uh, a big part of that running game is the fact that the Titans struggled for the first time uh, to run the football, being held only 80 yards by San Diego on Sunday. Now they came in giving up just a little over 90 yards a game, so certainly credit them. Their run defense is pretty good. But at the same time, DeMarco Murray dealing with a little bit of a toe injury. Now he didn't look like he was having any ill effects from that Sunday. Obviously we don't know and he wouldn't tell us. But then not having Derrick Henry and having to go to uh, Antonio Andrews for a couple of carries certainly didn't help anything either. Is there an issue that we need to worry about here? Was this just an anomaly of sorts in this game? And it looks like the Titans will bounce back and the running game will be okay moving forward. Well, I think it's probably a product of the fact that the San Diego Chargers have a pretty good run defense. When you look at how they're built, that is the strength of the defense of the Chargers is to be able to stop the run. They've been vulnerable to the pass, and we saw the Titans exploit that on Sunday. So I think when you, you know, look at it, part of the the Titans had obviously was due to the fact that uh, you know the Chargers run defense is obviously a very good run defense and they were of uh, stopping DeMarco Murray and slowing him down. I thought that uh, the Titans Terry maybe didn't run Marcus enough now granted I'm not crazy about him running a lot but I think they need to pick times I know he had the 14 yard touchdown run uh, there on the opening drive of the second half that obviously was a big play in the game but I think there's times where they need to run him a little bit more design things to spread out the teams if you will defensively and to just give them that extra option that they uh, I know they plan for him to run but when you see it it's different than when you just watch it on film and go okay this guy can run is he going to I think they need to use that and make it a weapon I agree. Uh, you know, I think, you know, they want to incorporate some of that. They, you know, said that they are, but then, you know, it doesn't seem to be a consistent part of the package. I think that's, you know, an issue that, you know, if they can get, you know, 30 yards on three carries from Mariota a game, you know, on average, that should be able to, uh, you know, boost those rushing numbers and maybe even, you know, make the defenses play a little more honest. Absolutely. Let's move along to third down, where we slide to the other side and talk defense and the fact that the Titans gave up 196 rush yards to Melvin Gordon on Sunday. Is this something to be concerned about going forward? Have the Chargers exposed the Titans' defense and given a blueprint for other teams? And certainly not every team has Melvin Gordon, but is that a blueprint going forward for others? Well, it's possible, and I think you know a lot of what they did was off draw plays. You know, they they caught the Titans rushing up the field and then handed off the ball with that delayed draw to uh, Melvin Gordon, and uh, he gashed them time after time after time. Then you had missed tackles on top of that, and it was certainly an issue for the Titans in that ball game. It'll be interesting to see. I know the Packers have had trouble running the football all year long. It'll be interesting to see if they try to employ any of that by using the pass to set up the run like the Chargers did. You mentioned the Packers. That brings us to fourth down because Green Bay, the opponent this week, they come to Nissan Stadium. And this week, Aaron Rodgers, Terry, has called out his teammates for their play. Green Bay obviously struggling. And when you looked at the Titans' schedule at the beginning of the season, you probably said, okay, this Green Bay game is a loss for the Titans. But right now, after the Colts beat them on Sunday, and I know the Colts beat the Titans as well, but this doesn't look like as much of a sure thing in the Green Bay column right now as it probably did probably prior to week one of this NFL season? No, Green Bay struggled a little bit this year. I think they kind of underachieved. They had some injuries. 
Uh, Clay Matthews has been out with a hamstring injury. They lost Eddie Lacy, so that's a huge chunk of their running game gone. And uh, I think when you look at the way the Packers are set up, you know, the, I, obviously everything revolves around Aaron Rodgers, but, you know, they all, he also has to have a little bit of a running game. He needs to have, you know, the defense step up, and, and those things are just not happening right now for Green Bay. They are a little bit vulnerable, but they're also an angry team after Rodgers called them out following the loss of the Colts. Oh, absolutely. I would think that they would be, and I would think that the Titans should be as well, uh, especially defensively after giving up that big game to Melvin Gordon. But, Terry, the thing that uh, disturbs me or or concerns me the most, I guess is a better way to, to phrase it, about the San Diego game is the fact that it wasn't necessarily Melvin Gordon, but it was a Chargers offensive line that has injuries and issues. This is not one of the better offensive lines coming into that game, yet they were able to do what they did to the Titans' run defense, and that's going to be concerning to me, at least until we see them get back on the field and go out hopefully this Sunday against Green Bay and prove, hey, this was just a one-week thing as opposed to something that might be a potential trend that's going to start for these guys. Right, and I think uh, you know that's something. If you're if you're the Titans, you know, and you're Dick LeBeau, that's something that becomes job one this week is to make sure that that run defense is uh, you know proof, uh, unlike it was on Sunday against the Chargers. And once again, Terry, we didn't touch on this on the Monday edition, but uh, Antonio Gates certainly is a Hall of Famer in waiting, but he is at the end of his Hall of Fame career, yet he was still able to expose the Titans secondary. They still struggle with the tight end, and I've got to think that Aaron Rodgers is going to know that, obviously, having watched the film and want to come in and do the same. The Titans have to figure out a way to cover a tight end. Yes, they do, and that's something they've been trying to deal with for several years now, doesn't matter what the scheme is or the system is or who the defensive coordinator is, it seems they are vulnerable to the tight end. It's time for final thoughts on this Tuesday edition. Terry, go ahead and take it away. Well, my final thought is, uh, once again, on the Mariota turnovers. I think, you know, they're critical mistakes, but you still got to remember that this is a young guy who's still learning his way around. I think you see progress pretty much in every start he's made this year. And, and yes, the turnovers are a bad bugaboo. But from the way he was playing in week one or two or three to now, I think he's starting to grow. And eventually, I think the turnovers will subside a little bit. And I think the future is still bright for Marcus Mariota, despite the troubles he had on Sunday. My final thought is on some of Marcus's offensive mates, and that being the wide receivers. We've talked a lot about uh, this group of wide receivers not being able to get separation, not necessarily having the dominant receiver or the speed receiver that can take the top off the defense and, and hit the home run for them. But we've seen over the last couple of weeks some guys uh, stepping up. Rashard Matthews has finally, I think, gotten a little bit comfortable. I think Marcus getting more comfortable with him. Those two are starting to produce. Kendall Wright had a big gain on a play. And uh, we saw Tajay Sharp reemerge somewhat after kind of being lost in the, uh, in the pack, if you will, the last couple of weeks. Now, don't get me wrong. This is not a dynamic receiving group. This is not the best receiving core in the NFL by any stretch of the imagination. But I think perhaps it's adequate enough for this season that these guys, and certainly getting more comfortable with Marcus Mariota because Sharp being a rookie, Matthews being in his first year, they're, they're starting to find a little bit of something uh, chemistry-wise there. So I think that this wide receiving group is improving, and I think that's part of the reason we've seen Marcus over the last couple of weeks improving. 
to piggyback off what Terry just said, obviously the turnovers, those have got to stop. If that stops, they continue to grow. Uh, Marcus and his receivers and get more comfortable with each other, this offense can certainly do enough to win some more ball games. Now, they may not be a Super Bowl team. They may not even make the playoffs. But right now, they're still in a position to try to contend for this division title. And it's got to start with those kind of things happening, the receivers and Marcus growing together, Terry, and obviously the turnovers. Yes, I would agree with that. That will do it for us today. We hope you enjoyed it. You've been listening to Locked On Titans on the Locked On Podcast Network. We'll see you again on Wednesday. You are Locked On Titans, your daily Tennessee Titans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for listening to the Locked On Podcast Network, but why stop now? Check out the daily Locked On Podcast Network for your favorite NHL team. Find it right now in your favorite podcast app and be sure to subscribe or follow so you never miss an episode. The Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Uh